0: are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 16th of June. What? No Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul in the COVID protocol all breaking this morning? Time to redo a podcast and come with a totally different take with brand new news. It's breaking. It's happening. It's Locked. On jazz, pow! Wow, what a morning in the NBA after a night that had maybe the greatest performance in playoff history, or one of the greatest, at least in playoff history. And now, two major breaking news stories in the NBA today. First was Chris Paul into the COVID protocol. Uh, At this point, I'm assuming that's not exposure. That's a positive test, but maybe it's exposure. Um, And we'll see. It also would lead you to believe that Chris Paul may not have gotten vaccinated the same way John Rahm cost himself a PGA championship. Would be an incredible story if Chris Paul um, not getting vaccinated gets COVID, costs him a chance in his storied career of finally getting to the NBA Finals. Uh, That is an incredible NBA story. But the bigger story for us is Kawhi Leonard out tonight for game five of the Jazz and the Clippers with about five minutes left in the game the other night. Kawhi Leonard gets an airballed shot from the Jazz, goes coast to coast on the drive, and as he's on the drive, he gets bumped by Joe Ingles. At the time, I'll admit, I thought it was a knee-to-knee contact but it's his right leg as he's getting bumped by Ingles that takes kind of a weird plant and his right, he gets Ingles right shoulder to Kawhi's left shoulders. They're facing the same direction. So it was not a knee to knee contact. Leonard then goes to the free throw line. He, He walks by the bench. He bends. He's immediately kind of hobbling on the right leg. He goes to the free throw line as he's at the free throw line. He bends his knee a few different times. Unfortunately, because it's on TV, they're cutting away to multiple things. They go and they look at all, you can't really see a great deal, but he bends his knees a few times. He grimaces. He misses both free throws, goes back defensively on the next possession. He has two closeouts on that possession. He's active, but not sharp. He's not really planting the way he probably would. And he ends up fouling Boyan Bogdanovich on the drive, and then Tyron Lue calls timeout with uh, a, as Bogdanovich makes the free throw, and they bring Zubak in at the 435 mark, and Leonard goes to the bench and is attended to in the final period of time on the bench. And he is now not playing tonight. So Kawhi Leonard is out obviously mammoth first team all NBA his the biggest thing to me Kawhi Leonard's intensity level and play and focus on games three and four was through the roof he's boxed out every play he defended every play he went coast to coast he rebound he was insane he was first team all NBA it was as though you know, if you go back to the bubble last year where the Clippers up 3-1 against Denver, the discussion was, is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the world? Kevin Durant right now has reestablished himself after last night as probably the best player in the world. That was beautiful. Just pure, purely gorgeous. The next step, like Kawhi Leonard is in the process of trying to establish this as well. And we've seen that. He was just incredible. Now, without Kawhi Leonard, there's just a tremendous amount of things to look at here in this series. So let's try to walk through the impact of this. Obviously, you know, quite honestly, it felt as though the Jazz door to winning this series was was slightly ajar. It now feels as though it's been busted wide open. Couple that with, it would seem to me, if the consistent to, COVID protocols, that it could be two weeks for Chris Paul. And if it's two weeks for Chris Paul, that's obviously massively important as well, on busting the Jazz door open. I mean, insanity. Just crazy, crazy stuff this morning. So one of the biggest adjustments that has been made by... the Two two of the biggest adjustments that have been made by the Clippers in the series is, one, going small. And two putting Kawhi Leonard on Donovan Mitchell and Paul George on Boyan Bogdanovich. What do they do now? So there's one of two things I think they do with their starting lineup. They either go ahead and take Patrick Beverly and start Patrick Beverly and put Patrick Beverly on Donovan Mitchell. That would be the one... The one thought on this uh, is you now have Patrick Beverly open the game, and you have if you have Patrick Beverly guarding Donovan Mitchell, and you keep Paul George guarding the likes of Boyan Bogdanovich. During the regular season, Mitchell went four of fourteen when guarded by Beverly and one of eight from three. In the preseason, in the in the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell has gone two of ten when guarded by Patrick Beverley, and two of seven from three. So Patrick Beverley has bothered Donovan Mitchell. You continue to double team Donovan Mitchell every time he gets the ball, and you have Pat, Paul George guarding Boyan Bogdanovich, which has been successful. Bogdanovich, two of seven when guarded by Paul George in the playoffs during the regular season. He was 0 of two, so he's two of nine when, the, when that's the closest defender and he takes a shot. That would be my guess of where the Clippers go. The other choice the Clippers have is to start Terrence Mann and have Paul George slide over to guard Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell against Paul George in the playoff in the regular season was 2 of 4 and in the playoffs he's 6 of 19 for 32%. So that's been a problem too. So that doesn't like it's not as though the like the floodgates open for us here. There's they have figured a bunch of things out. They're just going to do it without their best player. And we're still going to have to adjust and figure out how to answer those items. The item that is primary Primarily, is for us offensively, is they're going to still double team Donovan. They're just going to hopefully do it with a 6 1 guy instead of a 6 8 guy. Their greatest strength right now is the fact that they're 6 8 220, 68 8 220, 6 8 220, 6 220, and Patrick Beverly and Terrence Mann are not 6 8 220. That's a huge edge to us in the way that that floor feels. I don't suspect that they're going to go start Zubach. I suspect they either start Terrence Mann or they start. Patrick Beverly. And I actually suspect that with the time and years they've had as the franchise, they're going to start Patrick Beverly. And Beverly gives them a dynamic defensive player, but he is not a great offensive player. He has really struggled offensively, and that probably allows us to start doing some rotation things differently. Terrence Mann has been really, really good, but these are big moments for a kid who's probably not scared. He grew up in the game. His mom was a head coach at the University of uh, Rhode Island and the women's game. I mean, he's grown up in the game. He's a career forty percent three point shooter. He was big in Game Seven against Dallas. But again, you're you're now rotating, in all likelihood, off of one of those guys on the defensive end for the Jazz. There's so many pieces to this puzzle. So the first part of it is defensive matchups that we just talked about. We'll get to the offense in a second. So the defensive matchups. Kawhi, I, I would assume Paul Patrick Beverly starts. He follows Donovan everywhere. If you get Don, if you can get him into foul trouble, now you're walking into Rondo. You're just pushing at their depth. I would suspect that PG continues to guard uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, and as the game kind of goes on, uh, then maybe we see Terrence Mann in there and some other things of that sort. You know, the one thing that's been interesting is... The, the, they're gonna still double. They're still they 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 still believe in what they're doing, and so the Jazz are gonna have to still come up with an answer of how they're playing. That they have the Jazz have not been terrible at that, and the Jazz have really struggled the most defensively. The Jazz had their game three was the Jazz' worst defensive outing of the year, and game four was their third worst defensive outing. So that's the first part of this is def- from the Jazz offensive standpoint. Assuming they're still without Mike Conley tonight. And we'll be 14 days now on the mild hamstring, just such a bummer. Um, and uh hopefully, you know, we see him at some point, but it's it, you know, I've you know, I'm, I'm moving past. Like we've the, the Clippers have figured out how to play us without Mike Conley. That's that's still true. That's still fact is still true here. And we've what's interesting on that is we've got to figure out how to play without Mike Conley. I'm gonna elaborate on that. That was actually what the podcast I recorded earlier today was all about was this idea that the Jazz haven't figured out how to play a playoff series without Mike Conley yet. They figured it out in the regular season, but they haven't figured out the playoffs. That's still relevant today. Obviously, this news, though, is is mammoth. And there have not been a lot of non-Kawhi minutes in the series, and now there are going to be a lot of them. So we'll check on that, dig into what this does to Paul George, and try to break down a little bit of what happens next in this playoff series uh, as we continue on Locked on Jazz Let's look at next Paul George and the burden upon him and what it means to Paul George and the Clippers to be without Kawhi Leonard on the offensive side of the ball. When we continue on our emergency redo pod before game five, Kawhi Leonard out. Stan Van Gundy is now out as head coach of the Pelicans, by the way, which is good for all of us because it means he'll be back to TNT. Um, And, uh, Locked on Pelicans has already posted breaking news on that. So um, we'll break this down. Look at all of it coming up uh, as we find out. And you're going to be surprised when you hear the Paul George non-Kawhi Leonard numbers here in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending is our own personal loan officer. He's done amazing work for multiple, multiple, multiple Locked on uh, people And we love the fact that we have our loan officer. Intercap is a nimble, uh, hyper-responsive lending company. Josh Romney uh, brought it to Utah after 40 years, and now Steve Carter's become our own personal loan officer, and we just keep setting him up with new people, and the reviews keep coming back the same as I've ever heard from Cavesville, uh, Utah. We work with Steve three times now. I have to say he's the best. His team works tirelessly without question. Steve is the best there is. From Kirk Hubbard, working with Mister Carter was by far the easiest activity I've had with respect to my home from start to finish. I was three weeks with my refi. All through the process, I was kept advised on the status. Accurate expectations were provided on a frequent basis, and at times I knew where. At all times, I knew where I was and what to expect. I highly recommend InterCap Landing, and specifically. Steve Carter. Jimmy uh, Van Dinter said the same thing. Steve did a phenomenal job. I gave gave him what we needed. Steve got everything done in a very timely manner. It was a pleasure working with him. Um, I would agree. He's done two of our refinances. He's done our COO's refinance as well. He's absolutely marvelous. He's Steve Carter. He's over at Intercap Lending. And the best part, by the way, is that he is our own personal loan officer. So what you have to do is just call Steve Carter, tell him you're with Locked On. You get the corporate discount that we give the locked, that they've given Locked On. Steve's number is 385 885 28. That's 385 885 28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190 465. Today's show is also brought to you by. Dun, 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 dun. I, the anticipation's really fabulous of who the next ad's going to be every day, isn't it? Like. You always have to wonder, don't you? You probably have it figured out now. Um, It's brought to you by Locker Room, Spotify's Green Room now, as they have kind of rebranded themselves uh, as Spotify's Green Room. It's the first social audio app made for sports fans. The app is the free download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, in real time about your favorite team or sport. Spotify Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. Our NBA, MLB, and NHL hosts are going on. In fact, the Pelicans, I think, are hosting a room today uh, involving the Stan Van Gundy news, so make sure you get there. Create your profile, link your Twitter, join the NFL, Major League Baseball, and NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms from your favorite teams and leagues in the Locker Room app. Locker Room, also Spotify, Green Room, kind of the same thing right now, changing the way we talk about sports. So this gets really interesting. Paul George without Kawhi Leonard on the floor in the playoffs has been amazing. Plus 19. During the regular season, it was not as amazing. They were plus 3.5 with Kawhi Leonard off the floor, an offensive rating of 112, a defensive rating about 108. Rounded up. In the playoffs, in the minutes that Kawhi's been off the floor, 81 of them, the Clippers have been plus 19 with Paul George on the floor with a defensive rating of 100 and an offensive rating of 119. In this series, in the last four games, with Paul George on the floor and Kawhi Leonard off the floor, they've been plus 22. They've actually been negative with both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor. They have been crushing us. In the 40 minutes that Paul George has been on the floor without Kawhi Leonard, they are a plus 22. Now, this is a little disconcerting for the Jazz because why is that? What are they doing? They're spreading the floor, they're attacking, they're going after us. Paul George is playing brilliantly. The thing about it is, as you dig in, a lot of those non-Kawhi minutes to open up, Kawhi has been not playing to open up the third and fourth, uh, the second and fourth quarters, or the minutes when Kawhi doesn't play and Paul George does, are actually Rudy Gobert minutes, not Derek Favor minutes. So the easy, quick answer would be like, well, maybe this is only what happens against Derek. I'm not sure that backs up in the last game those minutes were almost all against Rudy in game three of this series favors played a bunch of those some of those minutes because of the fact Rudy's in foul trouble but not a great deal only like one or two to close out the first quarter but go Bears back in the game and then to open up the uh actually I take it back those were actually uh yeah when Paul quis off the floor Rudy's back on um, for both those minutes. So those minutes where they have been having their way with us or they've had great playoff success have been with Paul George going up against Rudy Gobert. With Paul George specifically, has shot 44% and 64% from three when Kawhi Leonard's off the floor. Now let's go look at Paul George with Rudy Gobert on the floor because if you're the Jazz at this point, you're going to want to make sure that as much as you can, you have these two matched up today. This is their primary offensive player. They no longer have two threats coming at you. You're going to want to make sure you can match these minutes. When Gobert is on the floor and Paul George is on the floor, in the playoffs, in the last four games, the the offensive rating is a 109.3. When Gobert's off the floor and Paul George is on the floor, the offensive rating is a 150. Paul George is going to play like 46 minutes tonight. You're not going to be able to match every minute of, of Paul George with Rudy Gobert, but you're going to have to do the best you can because that number is pretty dramatically different. Paul George, when Rudy Gobert on the floor in the playoff series, is shooting 39% from the field and 44% from three. When he's off the floor, he's shooting 50% from the field and 44%. The high pick and roll where Paul George is coming off the dribble to his left, Royce O'Neal is going to have to find a way to deal with it because the other side of this is Royce O'Neal is now guarding Paul George at all times and not Kawhi Leonard. Paul George is taking 25 of his 59 shots in the playoffs with Rudy Gobert as threes with Rudy Gobert on the floor. With Rudy Gobert on the floor, see if we can find the shooting numbers for you. They do not, I'll have to make them up for you a little bit. Not make them up, but like decipher them. If we just go to the basic zones, Paul George with Rudy Gobert on the floor is 6 of 10 at the rim. 3 of 13 in the paint non-restricted, 3 of 11 on long twos, and 10 of 23 on straightaway threes. That's pretty awesome. Most of those are angle right. The mid-range zone from about what I would call 8 to 15 feet. Paul George is 1 of 13 shooting with Rudy Gobert on the floor. 8 of 14 from inside 8 feet. But this is now, until Kawhi Leonard comes back, the matchup. Royce O'Neal guards as much as he can against a much larger, taller, more athletic, dynamic scorer. Rudy Gobert hovers in the middle. And if Patrick Beverly is now on the floor, that's not a great shooter. And Rudy's not going to guard Patrick Beverly. But you're going to rotate off of whoever Rudy's guarding, Batum or Morris, with an eye on leaving Beverly. If Terrence Mann is on the floor, you're probably going to keep an eye on rotating off Terrence Mann to make Terrence Mann the least experienced player, but a good shooter and a good player, an experienced basketball player with his mom being the head coach of Rhode Island, not going to be scared of the moment, been around it his whole life, going to make those plays. If Rajon Rondo is suddenly on the floor, you're going to certainly make Rajon Rondo make those shots, even though his percentage He's just not a naturally good shooter. But that is now the matchup. Royce O'Neill now guards... Paul George for this entire series until we see a return of Kawhi Leonard and maybe some Joe Ingles, but this is what Royce does. And now Royce goes gets into his body and the key to this whole thing is trying to make sure that you're not allowing Paul George to get to his left hand and go left. Paul left. Paul George is dramatically better on the left side of the floor than he is on the right side of the floor. Paul George, when being guarded by Royce O'Neal in the playoffs, is 9 of 17, 53%, and 50% from three. That is not bothering him right now. Rudy, When Rudy Gobert is the closest defender, he's 9 of 23, 39%, and 29% from three. He wants no part of Rudy. Mia One, despite his foul issues, Paul George is 1 of 7 when being guarded by Mia One right now. So give a little credit there. I mentioned it a moment ago, but here are the numbers on Paul George, left versus right side of the floor. Paul George shoots 59% kind of non-rim shots on the left side of the floor and 37% on the right side. He is their bellwether. When he In losses, he shoots 40% from the floor and 33% from three, which is a big issue. His play in fourth quarters has not been great. His clutch play, 12 of 39 this year, 5 of 23 from three. They're going to they're have to go back. This is where Zubak becomes important. They're going to go back to running pick and roll. He runs 33% of his actions as a pick and roll player. He's very good on that. Isolation is what they've been doing. They've been spraying the floor five wide and playing isolation They may bring Zubak back for some more pick and roll, which involves Rudy. But for Paul George, if he gets off a good pick, he's just rising for a three on those. Force Rudy to come up, roll Zubak behind him. Isolation drives. Paul George goes left two to one, and he pulls up for a jumper 67% of the time when he goes left. He drives right, goes to the basket 38% of the time compared to 19% of the time left. So if he drives right, he's going all the way to the rim. If he drives right with Rudy there, he doesn't want to do that. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to drive left and pull into a jumper with Rudy around. See if the Jazz can kind of make him uncomfortable uh, in those actions. All right, I've got a bunch of other notes that kind of go back to where I started this show, which I had actually planned. This show obviously was done on a little bit of a whim, and some really quick prep. Um, here are the biggest, let me just sum up the biggest issues with Kawhi Leonard being out. And then we're going to get to kind of the two things that I thought were vital for this game in our third segment. The defensive matchups. We've talked about it. Who do they guard now? Kawhi Leonard was on Donovan Mitchell. Now I think Paul George gets that assignment. I, or Patrick Beverly gets that assignment. Paul George goes to Boyan Bogdanovich if they start Zubak. It's going to be a little bit different to see how that plays out, but I don't think they'll start Zubak. I think they'll bring Zubak off the bench. They'll play pick and roll with Zubak in those minutes, but they have figured out how to play us without Mike Conley, and they're going to still stay to that style, both offensively and defensively. Uh, from a defensive matchup standpoint, I think you're still going to see them double-teaming Donovan. If they're doing it with Beverly, it's just a little bit smaller. And so the passing lane should be open. The Jazz have got to find a way to get the ball in the middle of the floor the same way on that and attack that in a different way. Rudy's the, t- the tough one there. That Rudy is just the one who's got to catch it at 16 feet, and that's not his forte to make those kind of plays. Paul George becomes the lead guy on offense. I think you match Rudy's minutes with him. Royce O'Neal gets that matchup. I think you see a lot more pick and roll with Paul George now. Non-Kawhi minutes this year with Paul George, they've actually been great. In both the season, they weren't great, but in the playoffs without Kawhi with Paul George on the floor, they've been absolutely fabulous. So the Jazz have got to figure it out. Their other weapons have got to make are going to have to make plays. They have those other weapons, but now the right Florida, the basketball universe is a little out of whack. Reggie Jackson's got to do a little bit more. Marquise Morris has got to do a little bit. Marcus Morris got to do a little bit more than, than he has done in the past. Those aren't Ness. Nicholas Batum has to do a little bit more. So um, I think those are things that are a little questionable, Uh, or at least their pressure. I mean, it's exactly what's going on with the Jazz. Joe Ingles has got to do more. Jordan Clarkson's been a little overwhelmed and having to do more um, right now. They're still going to play five wide. They're still going to drive. They're still going to bring Rudy in the middle. They're still going to kick out to threes. Um, And we'll talk about that um, in the upcoming segment. The other one, Kawhi's just been radically intense. He's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. in how he's been, his intensity, and he's been the best player on the floor. Like, there's no question he's been the best player on the floor. He's a first-team nba and now he's not on the floor. All right, we'll look at, coming up, we look at the, uh, Two things that I was going to talk about uh, anyway coming into today's show uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about that actually were the entire show, so I'll truncate them down. A great question on Twitter, plus the two major, major issues that Jazz need to do uh, to win this ballgame and take advantage of this series on a crazy, wild, unbelievable, remarkable craziness, insanity day of the NBA. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar with their 9 core flavors and all sorts of special deals always going on at Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with incredible macros and amazingly healthy. It's Built Bar. Built Bar giving you the best out there with just an I mean just incredible. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams. Only four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, six grams of fiber. I want my built bar now. Grasshopper cookie is the secret built bar that's coming out next. Plus, I've got my special uh, chocolate don't, uh, c- coconut brownies. Built Boost, which I drink instead of emergency, is on sale now for just $9.99. That's a special deal going on. Promo code Locked On gets you 15% off as well. Use the promo code Locked On get 15% off the nine core flavors: coconut, almond, mint brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, coconut. Double Chocolate, Cookies and Cream, and Cherry Barcia. Now you can build your own box or you can get a mixed box of two flavors of each and check them out yourself. It's all at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's check our BetOnline.ag. I don't know what, how the lines have changed. Jazz, I believe, were a three-point favorite this morning. I wonder if they've taken it off the board. Uh, let's see. Jazz now are a seven-point favorite. Wow! Wow, I was listening to Locked On Today today, and I believe the Jazz were a three-point favorite. And with Kawhi Leonard out, the line jumps to seven for the Jazz. 76ers are a seven-point favorite. Bucks are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know what our series is now. Jazz minus 275, and the Clippers are plus 230. And this is without Mike Conley being back. Mine is 275, and I don't think I don't think we're seeing Mike today. I don't know. Actually, I don't have any idea. It's been the same report every single day. I just have decided. I guess I've just been trained enough times to see that, to decide that that tells me he's not coming back. Um, but maybe at some point, that questionable will change. When I see that he's something other than questionable, is so with the day I'll be um, awfully excited on that. Jazz chances of winning. The, the West lines are off the board right now. The Jazz chance to win the NBA finals is plus 240. How anyone has any line to win the West or to win the NBA championship after watching Kevin Durant last night is insane to me. Like it's like, holy smokes. That was insane. That was the most amazing performance I've seen. So seven point favorite um on the betonline.ag. Minus seven. Uh all right. Let's here are the two things that I was going to talk about the Clippers have figured out how to play the jazz without Mike Conley. And if you think, well, why is that? We had success with Mike Conley. We never played people back-to-back nights. So, yeah, we during the regular season, without Mike Conley, we went 15-6. and But we were never playing teams back-to-back-to-back. They didn't figure it out for two games. Then by the second game, they figured it out, or the third game. What we actually haven't done yet is figure out how to play without Mike Conley when someone figures out how to play us with Mike out Mike Conley. Does that make sense? Because we were having success in the regular season, we proceeded, we got through it. Now these teams have figured it out. They're going to match Zubox minutes to Joe Ingles whenever Donovan's off the floor. I don't think they'll change that. They'll switch one through five on that. Joe's not an isolation player. We've got to find a way to create offense under those circumstances because Joe's brilliance is his pick and roll game and they've taken that away. We've looked, you know, we're looking at Uh, they're trapping Donovan because we don't have another secondary ball handler to create. Like, we've got to figure these things out. These are the things they're doing. They're still major issues, even without Kawhi Leonard. And what what we have to do is figure out how to play without Mike Conley. We got through it in the regular season because nobody prepared to figure out how to play us without Mike Conley. Now we have to figure out how to play without Mike Conley, if that makes sense. You know, break the paint. Jordan Clarkson... It'll be very interesting to see who Jordan Clarkson is guarded by tonight. This might actually be the subtle big factor tonight. Jordan Clarkson is not great when he goes up against length because he can't do all of his pivoting. He, he's not great late in shot clock, and he's not because he loses the freedom of his creativity, and he's not great against length. So when you suddenly see him in this playoff series, Against Paul George, he's three of 11. Well, Paul George has probably got to go guard Donovan now instead of guarding Jordan Clarkson. Patrick Beverly was coming off the bench and guarding Jordan Clarkson. He wasn't actually having a hard time with that. He's so small. But Kawhi Leonard, he's two of five. Terrence Mann is big and physical, usually can kind of deal with that kind of stuff. When Jordan Clarkson was guarded by Jaron Jackson Jr. in the last series, he was 0 of 06. Clarkson struggles with length. They were able to put length on Jordan Clarkson when they had both Kawhi and Paul George on the floor at times or in other matchups. They may not be able to do that, so that's worth watching. But Jordan, playing without Mike Conley, Jordan's got to be a playmaker, not just a score. I know he thinks in his mind, like, oh, i got to take up Mike's 18 points. No, drive with eyes out and push. If Boyan, I had in my notes, if Boyan's guarded by Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, he's got to be able to play to pass. He can't beat those guys. Boyan struggles really, really badly against those kind of physical long defenders. He, that's not his strength. Even Kyle Anderson in the last series, Boyan was 6 of 14, but Paul George, he's 2 of 7. Kawhi Leonard, he's 1 of 7. Well, now if Paul George is guarding Donovan, this is why I think Paul George stays on Boyan and Beverly guards Donovan to start. But if they don't do that, Boyan 1 has to take advantage of it. any minute he's not guarded tonight by Paul George. And he's got to when he's guarded by Paul George, he's got to move it. He's got to understand. We've got to be much more precise. There was a play where this is again Kawhi Leonard so great. Kawhi Leonard cuts off the ball handler, bumps Rudy on the roll, and comes back and intercepts a pass to the top to Royce O'Neal and goes the other way for lip. Royce O'Neal was not in the right space in the floor. It's an unbelievably great play by Kawhi Leonard, and Royce O'Neal was in a spot on the floor that he could get away with for ninety-five percent of games this year, except for the fact that with Royce with that extra second that Royce O'Neal was. Donovan drove. Royce has got to fill in behind him. Royce the pass back to Royce O'Neal had to hang in the air for another split second. That was enough for Kawhi to take it and go the other way because they're that long and they're that great and Kawhi's that great. Boyan Bogdanovich lifted a little bit higher than he should be, allowed Nicholas Batum to be able to play two men on the far side a bunch of times during the game. Where they're drive, you're wondering like, why can't we get the ball to Rudy? Well, they're double teaming Donovan. They're bringing a guy to Rudy and Nicholas Batum at six, eight is standing with his arms wide on the other side with one guy in the corner and one guy in the high quadrant. And he's basically guarding them both. If those guys aren't perfectly spaced, he can guard them both. If they're perfectly spaced and we have precision, we can do it. Passes that are one step off. So somebody can't get a quick release. They're six, eight 220. They can get out to you and defend that quickly. These are the things that we have to learn how to play. Perfect spacing, precision with passes, um, Looking to move it one extra time. We threw 200 in like 10 passes the other night. It's that's an obscenely low number. JC and Boyan, if they're guarded by matchups where they they can't hand, they're not good enough to to beat the guy. Then move to pass, but also with precision and perfectly spaced. That's playing without Mike Conley. That's play quick, play early, play 0. .5, Call it point three now. Boom, boom, boom. Move, move, move. Pass, pass, pass. Keep. Keep moving them, because if they're static, they'll kill us. Even without Kawhi, they're still that long. They won't be as long if Beverly's on the floor. That's a huge change to the game. And if Reggie Jackson and Beverly are on the floor together, that's a huge change for us. What they had was Reggie Jackson was is really their one non-good defensive player, and they were putting him on Royce O'Neill, and we couldn't really take advantage of it. Royce did a pretty good job, actually, with a pretty hard, aggressive drive at one point and doing some things like that. But there really weren't a lot of things for, him, for Royce to be able to do with that. And, you know, it's just not Royce's game, right? We're not, we shouldn't be asking Royce, frankly, uh, to do that in those matchups. So now if they have Beverly or Terrence Mann on the floor, part of me thinks they start Terrence Mann, but then I don't know their matchups. And I also think you better be careful. You might piss off Patrick Beverly pretty badly. Though so Ty Lue, give him credit. Tyron Lue got, must have the best relationship with his players to be able to fiddle with his rotations the way he does Here's the most important thing to me in this game. This was before Kawhi got hurt. Our biggest advantage in this series is still fatigue. We've played the fewest playoff games of anyone in the NBA. I don't want to hear it. we're worn down. We've played the fewest games. I know we're playing without Mike. It's a burden. Great. We still play the fewest games of anyone in the NBA, in the playoffs. They've played the most. We need to get ahead early, make them play from behind That takes more energy. That puts more burden on them. Make it hard on the Clippers. They're rolling. They have amazing confidence. This probably shoots their confidence a little bit, but they've been playing with amazing confidence right now. So knock them back. Give them nothing early. Make them work a little bit. Make Paul George doubt himself a little bit without Kawhi Leonard on the floor. Get the crowd into it. Get ahead early. Play ahead early. Play with with a juice that allows them, forces them to play uphill and fatigues them. Sunday's game, if we have a game seven, is going to be in all likelihood, game seven, ABC, one thirty start. We're going to play that last game within 36 hours of game six with a travel and little time for preparation. Probably at this point with Kawhi out to our advantage, if that's a tough turnaround for him, if he's not ready yet, Um, if he doesn't play game six. And if he does play game six, it's a tough turnaround fatigue is our friend and the way you make them fatigue is you play from ahead all right that is the breakdown sorry kind of not as perfectly organized as usually <clears throat> um obviously I had to redo the show uh hope you uh, hope you enjoy it hope you feel ready for the game hope you're fired up hope you're yelling and screaming uh it is jazz it is Clippers it is game five it is no Kawhi Leonard it is Chris Palm COVID protocol it's it, It is the sand of the hourglass is the days of our lives. Have a good one.